You're listening to The Lightwalker's Path with Serena Myers, the podcast that sparks real, raw, honest conversations about what it actually means to live a spiritual life. Serena is a sacred soul mentor who guides people to tap into their heart's truth so they can live their lives with purpose on purpose. Hey, what's up? It's Serena, and this is episode 36 of the Lightwalkers Path Podcast. We've got new episodes that drop every Wednesday, usually in the morning, but hey, schedules happen, so you never know when we're going to end up. But it does show up on all your favorite podcast platforms, and I am so glad that you have found me today. So today's conversation is a personal one, actually. Um, and let me tell you a little bit about what we're gonna talk about and why I felt it was really important to have that conversation today. So today we're gonna be talking about other people's energy. Now, we do a lot of conversations in this podcast, in my blog, in the Facebook community. It's all about maintaining our own kind of energetic hygiene and being responsible, honestly, for what we're putting out into the world and um, maintaining our own energy so that we're clearing what we're taking in. Okay, and so since I'm all about transparency, here's the truth. Today, I completely sucked at this. I was reading an article, not really knowing uh, the writer or what the content might be, and sure enough, I stumbled across something that was pretty triggering, Uh, not just because the content itself was so energetically charged, but also because it really related to things that I've experienced in my own past. And I instantly went into a funk. Now, as you can hear from my voice right now, I don't sound like I'm in a funk and it's because I was able to pull myself out. And because I have really developed these tools and I've really committed to my own energetic practice, I uh, bounce back a lot faster than I used to. Something like this would have taken me out for a long time before. But here is the thing. We are impacted by other people's energy. And it's not just the people that we are face to face with, although it does seem to be in general more intense when you're in person with somebody, but it's in everything that we interact with. So when we are watching a scary movie, for instance, and we're getting like really invested in what's going to happen to the heroine and our whole nervous system is just like tense and we're scared and we're waiting for someone to get murdered. The thing is, is that the brain doesn't know the difference between real and perceived trauma. So we are having the physiological responses as though we are under threat. Our body is ready. And it's funny because we don't really think about this. We actually sometimes develop these lifestyles that are so addicted to stress, to deadlines, to pressure, that we forget that that's actually not our natural state of being. Really, what we want to aim for is this state of balance. But because so much of this is happening unconsciously, so because we're actually not all that present, even when we're actually doing this work, because we are still, you know, we're spiritual beings doing this like human thing right now, there is so much happening at a time that it's actually really hard to be conscious of everything all the time. And you don't want to live your life like entirely hypervigilant where you're constantly looking over your shoulder, wondering what's what either. So let's talk about that today. Now, we'll often hear this conversation about being impacted by other people's energy when we're talking about empaths, uh, clairsentience, or HSPs, highly sensitive people. And to some degree, I would say, yes, maybe it's more so for those individuals. But I really think what it is, is that if you're able to be in a place where you can identify as one of those three things, really what we're talking about is that you have brought consciousness to what you are feeling. 
I would actually go so far as to say that all of us are susceptible to this all the time. We just don't have that same hyper awareness because we haven't really opened up to that way of experiencing things on a, um, an intuitive or an energetic level. And so I'll get, let's give an example. So think about that coworker you have who is always in a shit mood, like no matter what. And I remember, oh my goodness, I used to work for a taxi company and there was one lady who I think never had a good day. I'm fairly certain. And whenever you would walk into an office, you could just cut the tension with a knife. It was thick in the air. It always felt crappy to be around her. And it was almost like if she had her own personal little Eeyore rain cloud that was following her, it was actually hovering so low that when you stepped into the room, you could feel it. We've all had that coworker or family member who's just a little bit miserable with everything. And we feel that. Whether we identify as being sensitive or not, it is really hard. The same thing happens if you walk into a room where there's just been a fight. You may go, huh, feels a little funky in here. What's going on? And because, like I said, we're not always conscious of what it is that we're putting out and we're receiving in the world, we are just absorbing these things. Us human beings are these beautiful little sponges, some of us more so, more porous than others. But ultimately, we are just little soakers up of information. So it's in everything that we're garnering with our senses in particular. And then for those of us who are really opening up to our intuitive gifts, it's everything that we are also collecting extra sensor, sensorarily, extra sensorarily. There we go. So it is a bit of a lot actually to manage, right? Because we are constantly taking things in and therefore we also need to filter because we do have a capacity. We can only take on so much. So one of the first things I like to do is when you have that kind of funky feeling, you're, you know, sometimes it'll be anxiety and like nerves and jitteriness. Sometimes it'll be depression or lethargy and you just feel kind of meh. The first question I always like to ask myself is, is this mine? Now, oftentimes it's not. <laughs> oftentimes it is as well because I'm always riding the roller coaster of life, but it's so important to be able to make that distinction. And how do you know this? So for me, I, I often will muscle test because that's kind of my tool, my way of dialoguing with my body and even with my guides a lot of the time where I'm able to get like a super clear yes, no, and I can then kind of figure it out. Now, if the energy is not mine, let's go there first. My first thing is let's just clear this motherfucker because I have enough going on in my head. I'm someone who has actually suffered a mental breakdown several years ago. I'm someone who gets waves of depression that can be pretty debilitating sometimes. And the last thing I want to do is have my ship taken down because someone else poked a hole in my boat. <laughs> like that's just not going to happen. So in that case, I would actually go to many of the things and tactics that I put in my energy guide, which I'll make sure are included in the show notes. So they're easy for you to download and get access to. Um, but it would be anything like um, smudging. I burn sage like a boss. It was the first energy clearing tool I've ever used. It's definitely the one that I work with the most, sometimes in my own personal practice, and especially if I'm doing something ceremonial where I'm moving multiple people's energy at once. I also really like to drum. I love the vibrational medicine that is a drumming practice. It really just shifts things really quickly. I've been working also a lot lately with Orosoma. I've talked about it in other 
podcast episodes, I am just like a super Orosoma fangirl these days. And the white one in particular, I have it in a spray, I have it in a bottle, and it's something that just is like an instant clear and it feels so good. I can't really articulate it any other way. But the one thing I really want to emphasize, and there's a recipe for it in that energy guide, but particularly if you are in service work, and especially if you are in service work face-to-face, and when I say service work, this could be, you could be a health practitioner, you could be a coach, you could be a therapist, oh my God, all the therapists, uh, energy workers, anyone who is dealing with mental and physical dis-ease within the body, and I don't mean diseases, I mean when we are out of alignment with ourselves and we are seeking help from a practitioner, those practitioners, those helper people, those earth angels, let's be honest, they need this more than anybody. And that is because we are sharing space with these people. Now, here's, here's the truth. Um, when I had my breakdown at the end of 2013, I was having a really stressful time personally, but professionally, oh, I was in what should have been a super fulfilling career, but was slowly chewing me up. And a big part of that is that I was seeing client after client and they were coming through and they were coming through with a way too full schedule. I had zero breaks, but they were coming through primarily with anxiety and with different brain-based challenges around um, traumatic brain injuries and concussion. So there's a lot of high energy releases that were taking place in a physically small space where it was literally just the two of us working together. I was working in neurofeedback at the time. And this particular clinic actually really discouraged any energetic practices. And the first clinic I worked in, I had permission to smudge the room. I was allowed to have crystals in there. I could do anything I wanted to maintain the energy, not just for the client's sake, but for my own personal sake. And this clinic did not take that approach at all. And I would take home this energy and I didn't, I didn't have the awareness of, is this mine? I just felt like I was slowly losing my mind. And the week of my wedding, it culminated with a client who was struggling with addiction who overdosed and died. And I honestly, uh, that, was, I, that was it for me. I was just like, why am I doing this work? What is the point of anything? And I really started to spiral in a super bad way, but it would eventually lead to me leaving the job and taking a year off to recover. This is why I come back to the importance of our energetic maintenance because I definitely have lived the consequences of not doing that. This is why even though it was only with my voice, you could probably hear me bold and underline and italic and highlight the words like all of those service practitioners but because it is so important when you are working one-on-one with people in this intimate way that you have taken care of yourself and of your energy so that you are not taking this stuff home. And this is the thing that I recommend. I recommend a beautiful salt bath with high quality essential oils, in particular lavender. And even though it makes it kind of gungy and you look like you've got kind of beachy surfer hair, I would actually go so far as to say, dunk your head in the water. Because our crown ends up so open um, and it is often the part when we take, when we do ritual baths and that type of thing, it's the part that we don't tend to submerge. And so we're not actually clearing those upper chakras and they are really in tune when we are in service, like in such a big way, they're so open, especially if you're someone who is intuitively driven in your service. So you want to take one part 
Epsom salt, one part sea salt. You want to put in some drops of essential oil, depending on the size of your batch, your number of drops will vary. You want to add the lavender oil to the salt, not to the bath, because it's just going to float on top of the water if you put it directly in the bath. But if you put it in the salt, then it'll dissolve properly. And you want to soak in there and then soak your head. And you can even afterward let the water from a shower just run over your crown at the end. There is something so clearing about running the water over your head and really visualizing it moving through your chakras, moving through your energy field and clearing any debris away. And I will also say that that's not actually just for stuff that you've picked up from clients and people you've interacted with through the day, including those shitty coworkers. That will actually work even just for your own clearing that needs to take place. I'm going to say a quick apology there because I know it got a little bit hot and a little bit preachy, but because this was such a debilitating time in my life, I am so passionate about ensuring that this does not happen to other people. When you are in a role of helping or when you are an entrepreneur, there's already so much that's on the line and you are already asking so much of yourself to perform and to take on the risk and to help people and to give in this beautiful way. And a lot of times it's actually harder to do that work than it needs to be. And so much of that is because we aren't making sure that we are taken care of. Today in my meditation, um, I'm doing the 21 day Oprah and Deepak meditation. It was all about balance. And because I am so on all the time, it was really, really hard for me. And I don't tend to struggle with meditation. But to have a meditation dedicated entirely to balance. And I recognize that when we're talking about our own energy fields, like really what we're saying is I want to keep myself in a state of equilibrium. And even though this is a big part of my work today in particular, I really, really struggled with that. And I want to be transparent about that with you because a lot of times when we get to these places, we can find it so easy to just shit on ourselves and coulda, shoulda, woulda and really just get really hard and really critical when at the end of the day, we're all really doing our best. The goal is how can we make our best better? Not from a judgmental place, not from a competition place where we're like competing with ourselves or with the people we see on social media. What I'm talking about is how can we just make things better for ourselves? And we have to do that by taking responsibility and acknowledging when things aren't good. When it is my own energy, I will sometimes use the same kind of tactics. Um, so everything, again, that's in that PDF, which I'm going to link in the show notes. But also, um, I like to, before I get into the clearing aspect, I know that if this is my energy that I, that's feeling funky, that it's here to teach me something. This isn't something I've picked up off the street. This is something that is created and, have, and has awoken within me. And so what can I do with that? And so I have some super uncomfortable conversations with those aspects of myself I will pull out my journal and I'll say okay why am I feeling this way what is coming up for me how do I feel um, where has this happened before and I just start to ask and what else and what else and then and then until my hand literally stops writing and some of the stuff that I can find within myself is really revealing so yesterday for example I found myself uh, after a mentorship call where I was just like in a funk and really overwhelmed and I knew that it was my own stuff. It wasn't anything from anybody else on the call. And so I took to my journal 
And what I recognized was that I had been deferring my power. And when I started realizing that I was feeling victimized by my own choices, I was like, oh, that's a super weird thing to feel. Like, why wouldn't you just choose something else? And it's because I was feeling like I didn't have a choice and I was deferring my power. But if I wasn't willing to sit with that discomfort, if my immediate thought was, oh, I don't like this, let's get it out of here, and I just cleared it, I wouldn't have had that recognition, which means I wouldn't have been able to reclaim my power, which means I would have found myself in another state in another couple of days, a couple of weeks, who knows how long, where I would have repeated that pattern because if we ignore it, it will resurface. So the only difference between clearing energy when it's myself or somebody else's is when I want to ask myself, what is this here to teach me? I could honestly do an entire episode dedicated just to energy clearing practices, but because I've gone and written this massive guide, I'm going to just send you in that direction instead. I actually also broke it down for people who are new to this type of thing, people who've been doing it for a little while, and people who are advanced. It's not super, super overwhelming. So no matter where you are on the scale, know that... This is for you. And I've found different ways to make it nice and easy and approachable because I really feel like it's important that when we're having these conversations, that's all well and good. But if you walk away from it and you think that, oh yeah, well, you know, I'm too new for that. Uh, That's not for me. Then I have failed you. So I've really made this guide super, super simple and it's um, accessible to everybody, no matter what your level of experience is. So I hope you will go ahead and download that. Like I said, I will add that to the show notes. Next week, we have more conversations about energy, and it is uh, really my favorite thing to talk about these days, and it's really been coming through super clearly as something that is necessary for us as a collective at this time. So plan for that next week. I will see you then.